How's it going? It's going all right. Uh, so you and I just sat through uh, a couple hours of uh, video watching for a baptism class, and I hope we didn't turn you off from uh, from that element of things. But uh, because we were doing baptism class, I guess we should backtrack a little bit um, because you and I now share in the beautiful an awesome vocation of fatherhood. So we're both dads. Your beautiful son, Maverick, was born about three weeks before uh, Ava came into this world, my daughter. And uh, what's it been for you? What's it been like for you, like the past 11 weeks? What, um, like, bring me through uh, sort of your preparation period for gearing up for going to the hospital, being at the hospital, and then um, what it was like when, you know, it was just you and Kat and everything else just sort of fell away. Sure. So um, I'll start by saying, uh, as far as preparation, um, so about two months before the baby was born, I uh, made a real big life choice to uh, to quit my job of eight years of uh, working in IT. Um pretty big deal uh discuss with the wife that the cost of paying for child care uh, was worth about the same amount of money that i'm making per year doing it so i decided to quit my job two months prior to becoming a father just to prepare for it um in preparation uh in preparing to become a dad i uh, had to get the house ready i uh, did a real detailed cleaning um and really just caught up on sleep you know, that was a big thing. I slept in as much as I could every day, uh, besides doing all the cleaning and stuff, and really just mentally prepared to become a dad. Uh, because, you know, being an uncle of several, you know, uh, nieces and nephews, I've, uh, yeah, I kind of knew what was coming, but um, I gotta say, it is a lot tougher than, you know, people make it out to be. But uh, I think I prepared myself mentally beforehand. Uh, for what was coming, and it, it kind of lining up with where I saw myself uh, a couple months after the birth. Now, as far as the day of and how things played out, um, it was very exciting. So about uh, two weeks before my wife's due date, uh, my wife was very sick. She was, you know, not your average morning sickness, uh, really high blood pressure, stuff like that. So made the call, and uh, they had us come into the hospital. And on my way there, I had reached out to my other brother, who's actually uh, a gynecologist, and he informed me to be prepared that if Catherine, my wife, was his patient, she wouldn't be leaving the hospital until she had the baby. So I kind of knew what was coming. I didn't even relay that to Kat because she was so stressed out. So we get to the hospital. Um, they take Catherine in first, you know, just to kind of do a wellness check on her, make sure everything's okay at home. You know why they do that, right? Yeah. To make um, sure that you're not an abusive uh, husband or partner. And to make sure that she feels safe at home. Yep. Because I didn't learn that until um, it was 
shortly after Betty and I were first dating, I had to take her to the ER for a pain that she was experiencing. And they took me back with her at Mass General. Uh, and they asked her if she felt safe at home while I was standing over her, uh, like behind her. Sure. And I was like, wait, they're not supposed to ask that question if I'm in the room. <laughs> so uh, from you know other hospital visits that we've gone to, they've always asked that question when I'm not around. And I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. So, uh. so they took Catherine in, um, obviously they, we passed all those checks and then they brought me in and uh, Catherine, Catherine was pretty stressed out. We kind of expected maybe a couple days early, but not two weeks. Um, thankfully, I just packed the baby bag like the day before the emergency kit for the hospital and stuff. So we were, we were prepared, but you know, mentally, I think we were still planned on having two weeks of peace before the baby came. Um, and then she was told that she wouldn't be leaving the hospital until she had the baby. Uh, and that was probably the most exciting moment for me pre-baby, you know, before she actually went into labor because I knew that I was going to get to see my son two weeks early. And I got to say that it, there's no feeling quite like it, knowing that I, I didn't know what to expect to becoming a dad, but I think that it was uh, by far the greatest experience I've ever been through. Okay. You know, um, in life, you know, of all the things I've been through, uh, the birth of my son has by far uh, been the best thing I've ever been through. Now, uh, when you say you packed the hospital bag or the emergency bag like a day before you went into the hospital, what were some of the things that you um, packed? Did you have sort of like a, a plan for packing or... Did you do any research on things you should pack? Like, yeah. How did that work for you? So I had an app on my phone that kind of gave me some, um, a little cheat sheet of what to bring and stuff. Uh, pillows, you know, blankets, the whole nine yards, extra change of clothes, extra charger, uh, extra, you know, um, just extra stuff just in case things went awry. And uh, so the good thing is that I packed just about everything I needed. I didn't find myself having to go home to, to grab anything. Um, yeah, I guess all the general things that you would pack in an emergency bag. Uh, but more than anything, you just try to be there for Catherine as much as I could because really she was kind of scared. I think she had another two, you know, she knew she had another two weeks. And then the second they told her that she was having that baby, she kind of got a little scared. But, you know, I think that it was half excitement, half scared, you know, uh, and yeah, I think that over the next coming couple of hours, things kind of, uh, progressed traumatically. Um, we, the nurses told us it would probably be about 24 to 38 hours before the baby actually came. They started inducing my wife shortly after they told us she was going to be staying. And basically things kind of escalated from there. Um, several, maybe six or seven hours later, after giving her the uh, Pitocin um, to help speed up the contractions and stuff, um, she went, her cervix was dilated. Uh, it went from one centimeter to 10 centimeters in, in a matter of hours. And, of. <laughs> yeah, and literally I, the nurse came in around, well, no, first off, my wife's water broke around one or two in the morning and we both woke up for that, uh, you know, and that was really exciting. I was happy. I got to experience that with her, the small things. 
And then um, about an hour and a half later, the nurse came in or doctor to check out my wife and she was sure enough, 10 centimeters dilated, which means, you know, the baby's coming. And uh, the nurses had told us earlier in the night, you know, that they most likely wouldn't be delivering the baby until the, ne you know, the next day or so. And then they come in right after checking her cervix and they're like, you're having this baby now. And so I think that kind of caught me off guard that, you know, as excited as I was for Maverick to come, he was going to be here a lot sooner than I expected, which was... Um, which you kind of knew, like, two weeks ahead of time, getting ready to be in the hospital. But then, like, I feel like, uh, you know, you can be mentally preparing, but then when they say, okay, it's right now, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, shit, all right, it's happening. Yep. Um, what do I do? How do I handle this newfound stress that I wasn't expecting in the moment. Um, I mean, it's it's a surreal feeling and complete helplessness because yep. you are not in control. You're not the one birthing the child. You're just a backseat passenger. A companion. Can, yep. Yeah, a companion um, uh, to the entire show because the True. doctor's front row center and then you're up you know, uh, with with Cat uh, and trying to just say it's all gonna be okay. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I was scared at all during the actual birth or anything until I could actually see my son's head poking out, and that was when it got real, really fast. You know, but um, but thankfully he came right out. I mean, we had no real complications. Uh, and I was able to hold my son within a, a minute after birth, which was uh, my favorite part of the whole thing was doing the um, skin to skin while my wife was being taken care of. Um, as far as like after birth stuff, they immediately pulled me over. I was crying my eyes out and um, had me hold my son. And that was uh, the beginning of my, my new life. New life. Mm -hmm. New life as a dad is something that for me has been tremendous because it's you, your partner, and the child, and that's it. That is your family, that is your world. Everything revolves around that. You know, thankfully you're in the situation where you're able to be home and, you know, now you do some work from home consulting stuff, but, uh, you know, being able to be home and be present for that is uh, phenomenal. The uh, I know, like, for Betty and myself, we were prepared, we were ready, there was a plan and set, because you know how your sister loves to have a plan, and yep. to be in control of things. Um, on the morning that Ava was scheduled to come in, because she had to, Ava was born via C-section, um, the doctor told us that, uh, you know, while he was doing the c-section if he could he was going to remove two growths on uh, the uterus two fibroids one was outside of the uterus and one was inside the uterus and we were initially told no we were not going to go after those because it's super dangerous but by the doctor you by told the do that. Yep. Uh, one of the doctors in the practice said no it's way too dangerous yep and then uh, they said okay yes we are going to go and try to do it and that was the morning of the C-section, and it just completely threw us for loop. Now, we did were, they ask you, or did they... they? Well, they told us like half an hour beforehand, and uh, 
Betty had to give her consent to say yes to do that. Um, and she did, but it was something that we weren't Ready for mentally it. prepared yep. for um, because it's another added risk. And, you know, she had been on blood thinners for the entire pregnancy um, and uh, even uh, after postpartum, she was on uh, blood thinners through the end of December. Yep. So, like, being on blood thinners and having more surgery and tissue being taken off is just an added uh, stressor so we were a little worried like okay if something happens what's what's gonna happen yeah absolutely Thankfully, nothing happened um, but just to you know you know we had different um, different situations different experiences where you know uh, your son was born uh, vaginally and my daughter was born via c-section so um, you know we Betty couldn't have her skin to skin right away in the OR. It's tough. Um, I had to go over to the warming table where they had uh, Ava, and you know, I got to trim the cord, which we were told was another thing that I wasn't going to be able to do. And were so, you? Uh, yeah, they. That's me, awesome. Ab, they did the cut, but I got to trim it, so I was like, sure. okay, that's fun too. Um, but just those little things um, to make the the whole experience kind of real yeah um now what was the uh the scariest part for you throughout the whole thing i mean was it when the baby actually came out like at, well, no when the doctor came in and said we're going to try to get the fibroids sure because it was that added risk yep of now um, are you like me where you'd rather it be like that or would you rather know well ahead of time and and kind of have time to dwell on it because sometimes that can be enough yeah same i'm the same i way. i feel like i respond better in an emergent situation yep. I don't want to have to plan my anxiety. Same here. I'd rather just confront it as it's happening. And that's what had happened. They said, okay, we're going to do it. Um, Betty gave her consent. and was like, okay, here we go. And we went into it. And, you know, she said she had wished she had wrote me a letter and put it into the safe. And oh, I was that's like, so sad. I was like, oh, I don't know if I would have been... I would have lost my shit. Yeah, you weren't ready for that. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. So, like, we had to do a quick prepare just in case. Yeah, um, I can imagine. They brought her into the operating room, and I had to wait for, like, 20 minutes outside. That must have been that room. hard. That was the, the worst 20 minutes of my life. Cause I can it felt imagine. like it was 20 hours. Yep. That I was just sitting in the hallway, and there were people walking back and forth, back and forth, and I was like, what's going on? Um, and she told imagine. me what was going on. But yeah. they were getting the um, the spinal block in, the epidural. Yep. Um, they were getting her prepared for a major abdominal surgery. And uh, I had to be out of the operating room for that part. Yeah. And I was happy to because I didn't want to see her in pain. So when I came in, she was numbed up and they were ready to go. By the time I got into the OR, um, Ava was out in like five minutes. That's awesome. That <laughs> so really like is. They started the cut, and um, you know, and I, it, it was surreal. I once they said, "All right, Dad, come on up and uh, come see your daughter." I would get up, and I went walked over to see Ava. Then I had to look up to see, you know, Betty all sort of cut open. Oh my God! You saw it? Yeah, yeah I did. That's tough. Did. It it was tough, but I like I the doctor was, uh, you know, well in control of it. It was a great situation. He's a phenomenal doctor. And, you know, I was blessed to be part of that. But, you know, 
I went over and watched Ava and she just grabbed onto my finger and I was like lost my lost yeah. my shit and it was um, a great first experience yeah and then uh, I changed all the diapers while we were in the hospital um, I had to learn uh, how to clean out a vagina yeah. I don't have better one you of those than, yeah. and, um, better you than me you know yeah that's why I, uh, I'll tell you as far as that stuff's concerned one of the more stressful times of the situation was when he got circumcised. I uh, didn't want to be there at all. I mean, I hate to say it, but he's so young. I just wanted to be, take him and bring him back when he's done. And I, I'd just rather not see my son go through that. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to see their kid in pain. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I mean, you know, we had had that conversation. Like, had we had a boy, you know, what were, did we want to have him circumcised or not circumcised? I was like, well, I'd want him circumcised because I'm circumcised and I don't know how to properly take care of yeah. an uncircumcised child. So All kinds of that's, what, like that. that's what we'll do. Um, and But once it was a girl, it was like, okay, we don't have to worry about that. Yep. Uh, but then, you know, there's the added stressors of... you got to buy a shotgun in a couple of years. Oh, I mean, <laughs> obviously. obviously. We, we're part of that new club, the DADD. Dads against daughters dating. Yep. Um, so I mean, we're still a few years off from that, but uh, both of my uh, t- two out of my three brothers have uh, daughters, so uh, we're all. That's great. Waiting for that. Um, uh, yeah. So it's just been uh, a surreal eight weeks for us. Ava is eight weeks old today. That's crazy. It really is yeah. flying by, huh? And you know, I remember you guys having Maverick and then um, when you called to tell us that you and Kat were pregnant like we didn't know Betty was pregnant yeah. at that point but she was that was <laughs> such an exciting time it was for it to happen back to back like that is just awesome because most of the nieces and nephews are significantly older yep. than our two uh, children um, now they're only weeks apart now they're weeks apart so they're the youngest part of the cousin crew um, but now they have a partner in crime with which to raise hell with. Yep, that's right. Um, what has been the most exciting part for you? Uh, the most exciting part is waking up every day and checking on my son to see what new skill or what anything that he's learned over the past 48 hours, 28, uh, 24 hours. And it's been an absolute treasure to watch him go through all of it you know to be able to move his arms and pull the binky out of his mouth now and try and talk to me and in his baby gaga goo language that's by far and just watching how fast time flies by really that's definitely yeah time's definitely flying by yeah it is um i'm already back from quote unquote you know maternity leave where you know i quit my job and was starting a new job at the beginning of the year, and here we are. It's like January 13th, 14th, sorry, yeah, today, 15th? Today is the 14th. 14th. It's just yeah. crazy. And for you, it would be paternity leave, not maternity Paternity, leave. yep. Exactly. <laughs> As we drink more coffee. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, now, you said you had caught up on your sleep, and you tried to pre-bank some sleep by sleeping in. That's the way I work. How do you... Now, are you feel great? I sleep deprived. <laughs> no, I think it, it's worked out great. My the cat and I make a great team. 
uh, when I'm really down, I just tag her in, and uh, she she just pulls through, and vice versa. Well, we both are really good at, you know, I think that's a really important thing for us is that we've waited. We've been together 12 years now or 11 years, and we've waited until we were ready to have Maverick. And uh, I think we picked up the skills over the past 10 years of knowing each other and living with each other every day on how to do other things, you know, co-parent other things, so Mm -hmm. to speak. But this is definitely the biggest challenge for us both. And I think we complement each other very well. uh, I think it's important for any family or bringing a child into the world to understand just how important the teamwork element is because you're not always going to be your best version of you and your partner. Uh, definitely picks up the slack when that's not the case and when you need to tag in and tag out there's that flexibility to be able to do that and I think it's one of those things that's really not talked about within uh, you know your parenting circles of like you know sometimes you don't have your shit together and you need a minute or a couple hours to yourself yep to decompress because you're still who you are as a person um, for the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, you need to have that partner that uh, balances you out and to be able to approach it, uh, approach it being raising a child in a tag team fashion as a team, because that's what you are. You're all a team. You're a family. Right. Um, You're creating your own little society within your, your family and you need to best be able to raise a child how you see fit and what better way to do that than with your best friend? That's right. Yeah. I mean, I thought getting married was one of the greatest experiences of my life, but this this trumps anything I've ever been through. I mean, it really does. And just excited to, to produce more, have more kids, you yeah. know, when the time's right. Practice makes perfect. And I, exactly. So <laughs> maybe Maverick will have a brother or a sister in the you know, next two years or so, but definitely like, like we did with Maverick, wait till the time is right. And, uh that trigger when, when you know when Catherine's a little further out than she is right now. yeah yeah still still new yeah do um, things time to heal yeah absolutely <laughs> um yeah i think that sort of covers talking about the the advent of the new parenthood and you know we've got a big event coming up next saturday sure do uh for us where we'll have both of our children baptized in the same um same ceremony. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I am too. uh, We're going to have a kick-ass party afterwards where we can hopefully uh, have a lot of the family together even during uh, these COVID times. Um, The the venue that uh, you and Kat found is big enough to fit like 200 people, uh, but we're only going to have like 50 to 60 people so there's plenty of room. social distance plenty of room for social distancing and um, having a uh, safe atmosphere for everybody to gather because there's no way I mean just remembering from uh, Betty and mine's wedding where the immediate family and bridal party uh, was like 60 people for the uh, rehearsal dinner it was like we would not be able to do that in somebody's house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would it's a little too big of a, 
and you know it's supposed to be cold like the wind chill tomorrow is supposed to be like negative 20 oh god uh, so to do that outside yeah uh, really not uh, an option at this point so anything you want to say before we wrap things up because I know you gotta go to work soon yeah I gotta go log on to work and help people out with their IT issues but no I mean have you tried turning it off and turning it back up pretty much that's what I do is I have access to everybody's equipment and I am I have the ability to remotely restart all kinds of stuff nice you know and I have the ability to take down hundreds of people not just singular person so and shut all of you off yeah <laughs> exactly artificial intelligence in the 21st century yeah it's like playing IT god these days so but no I mean it's been a pleasure Thanks speaking on this up. podcast it's been great I really yeah, we'll uh, look have you back uh as we approach the toddler ages and we can share some war stories. I look forward to it. All right, man. Awesome. Thanks, Adam.